Genre. And welcome to the Protagonist Podcast, where each week we look at a great character in a great story. I'm Jodorowsky, and this week we're discussing Mafalda from the Argentinian comic strip Mafalda. And joining me for the discussion is returning co-founder Todd Mack. Welcome back, Todd. Oh, I'm so happy to be here, and I'm so happy to be here talking about Mafalda. I think we've probably dropped a few breadcrumbs in the past that we'd be doing an episode about Mafalda at some point in the future. Uh-huh. I think it's, it's been referenced. Uh, yeah, she's and, come and up before in... Uh... In drafts, I think, for sure. Mm-hmm. Oh, right. Yeah, definitely. And uh, now today is the day we're finally getting around to recording the episode about Mafalda, which me- means that I've spent uh, a little bit of time reading comic strips in Spanish, which helped me to refresh some of my mi español. <laughs> I don't practice it quite as often as I probably should. That's all so right. So we're going to be t- we're going to be talking about Mafalda, who is a uh, com- from a comic strip created by an artist named Kino that ran from 1964 to 1973, and it features a six-year-old girl who is worried about the world around her, and she is always asking the big questions, much to the consternation of her parents. <laughs> uh, Todd, how did you come to Mafalda? I came to it because you said we should do an episode about it, and you started mentioning her on the podcast. Uh, but what about you? Boy, I... I think I think I had a Spanish textbook, maybe when I was an undergrad. Um, one of the textbooks that we used had kind of as their cultural, you know, realia, like the the, the cultural readings, um, they would have just little Mafalda things. And I thought, oh, that's cool. And then I think at some point one of the teachers said, oh, yeah, this is a thing. It's kind of like spanish language peanuts in mm-hmm. a way um and so I, I picked up a little volume of it and and i always i was kind of new about it i you know I, she's super cute um and then uh the actually just last summer i was in buenos aires and i had a morning uh before i had to get my flight home I'd been traveling in other parts of Argentina. And so I just had like one morning in Buenos Aires. And I just thought, I'm going to see everything that I can possibly see. And I just walked and walked and walked and walked and walked. And I was walking. And all of a sudden, I came across, there's a little park bench on a corner in in Buenos Aires. And there's a statue of Mafalda with her friends. And then I realized this is where Kino lived. And it's the apartment that Mafalda lives in. And there's a gift shop, and uh, and so I bought the the giant Mafalda book. Uh, it's called mm-hmm. Toda Mafalda. Is every all of Mafalda? It's huge mm-hmm. and it weighs a ton. And I lugged that thing around the whole day <laughs> <laughs> so that I could bring it home. And uh, so I've read a little bit more since then, and uh, it was just such a cool. I don't know. I love that kind of um, when literature kind of peeks out into the real world and you can, I don't know, just to see where authors lived and the world that they inhabit. And they, there are actually uh, like panels of Mafalda where she's sitting in a place and you can see her sitting on the front porch and the house number. And it's exactly where Kino lived. It's an apartment building. Anyway, so that was, that was a cool thing. Um, 
And then, I, so I brought that book home. My kids started reading it and they loved it. And, uh, and so when you said we should do Mafalda, I was like, good timing. <laughs> I love that you stumbled upon Mafalda in the real world. That's not something that happens often in our, uh, the characters we're going to talk about on the podcast. It's super cute. The, it's this little bench on a corner and it's uh, Mafalda and Manolito and Susanita and Felipito. And, uh, and there's like, they're like life-sized little mm-hmm. Mafalda characters. <laughs> oh, I've, so, uh, so cute. I saw that when I was doing research, um, the, the bench, um, yeah, yeah. It, it comes up real fast in a Google search. If you're looking up stuff about Mafalda. Yeah. Okay. Um, so, so yeah. Uh, any, any listeners who want to see, uh, that if you just Google Mafalda, I think you're going to see that bench pretty quickly in the image search. And this is an interesting uh, text, I think, for us to discuss, because so much of what we cover on the protagonist podcast is fairly American centric and uh, in, in the pop culture that, uh, you know, inundates our worldview here. And this is a text that is extremely popular in much of the world, but not in the United States. <laughs> and, uh, it, you know, its reach went so far beyond Buenos Aires in Argentina, uh, but but it never really um managed to to make some inroads uh into into the american space uh and i think there's there's lots of reasons for that um not the least of which is americans reticence for (laughs) for things that aren't in english (laughs) yeah Um, i think it's great i mean i think that it's really high quality oh yeah definitely I was impressed while reading this and immediately like, so, so I had no problem getting my hands on it uh, just from the university library. They had a collection and then I was able to like interlibrary loan. Uh, I think it was Diaz Años de Mafalda, uh, mm-hmm. um, which is got to be pretty close to the total Mafalda actually. <laughs> because, yeah. <laughs> I, well, I think this was the greatest hits like from throughout 10 years, through the 10 years. It wasn't, it wasn't everything because it was not a huge volume uh, that I, that I had. Um, so you, I, I think you can get your hands on it without any, any trouble and looking at it before I did research or started to even like go look up, you know, Mafalda on Wikipedia, it was like, oh, you know, like this reminds me of both peanuts. And then, I mean, one that came much later, but you know, a little bit of the Calvin Hobbes in terms of the philosophy, yeah. uh, you yeah. know, how yeah, willing, yeah. willing these, these, uh, these, these texts are to actually muse about the human condition, which feels mm-hmm. like both a peanuts and a Calvin and Hobbes thing. Yeah. Uh, and uh, like you said, the art is super cute. Uh, th- there's uh, some of the characters, like the design is uh, at least initially a little off-putting, but I got used to it pretty quickly. Um. <laughs> <laughs> so Mafalda actually looks like my daughters when they're little. They uh-huh. just have this tons of thick, crazy black hair mm-hmm. and these kind of round faces. And so I think that that's what, part of the reason that she, I just love her so much because she oh, yeah. my, she, my daughter. She, she is so cute. It's um, let's see, is it Felipe who has kind of like an elongated uh face uh, or mouth that almost looks yeah, like yeah. a uh like, like a hand vacuum, a duster buster, uh, you know, a, dust, a, a dust buster. <laughs> he looks like a dust buster. <laughs> <laughs> That's the one that I was thinking of. I'm like, yeah, like these aren't all like the rounded faces of Charlie Brown. Um, each each character gets a pretty distinctive, um like a, a geometry <laughs> i guess about their yeah. face yep yep um and several of them are like super cute and rounded uh so uh mafalda and uh miguelito and and guille those ones are all 
uh, super cute, mm-hmm. but like Libertad and Manolito and Felipe, it's like it's just a little harsher in some of the angles. Uh huh. Um, those and just took me a little bit longer to uh, to get used to those ones. All right, uh, let's run through the trivia, of which there's actually quite a bit. So Quino's name is Joaquin Salvador Lavado Tejon, but he used the pen name Kino throughout his entire career, both on Mafalda and um, his his political cartoons. And Mafalda was initially conceived of as an advertising campaign where all the characters would constantly be using products from one particular company that they were trying to get the license uh, you know, to, to help pay for this. <laughs> And uh, after magazine ran some of the strip with those corporate references, like, like they tried shopping that around and every editor was immediately like, this is just an ad. <laughs> We're not doing this. So they removed some of those uh, obvious references and it ran in a magazine for a little bit. And then it was picked up by the newspaper El Mundo in 1965. And while he's publishing with El Mundo, it said that Kino would deliberately comment on current events uh, in the strip but after el mundo closed down the strip became a weekly feature in siete dias ilustrados and kino felt like he couldn't like the the timing of a, a once weekly and and you know getting a, a number of strips to his to his uh editor and publisher before like the timing didn't work as well to be quite as contemporary in his critique uh-huh. um but i mean there's there was plenty of stuff for him to critique if you <laughs> even <Yeah>. even then <laughs> Uh, so the strip ended in 1973 and, uh, Kino has said that, uh, one reason he changed the strip or, or ended the strip was because of changing politics in Argentina. Uh, Mafalda is a notably anti-fascist little girl and a military dictatorship would take over Argentina in the 1970s with some help from the United States. Uh, and Kino has said that if he kept making the strip, he likely would have been shot. Yeah. Uh, and he's going to uh, move to Milan during the years of the military dictatorship. And after the dictatorship ended in the 1980s, he split his time living in Argentina, Italy, and Spain. And I think, um, if I'm remembering right, I know for sure Spain also has like a Mafalda statue. And I think Italy does as well, uh, somewhere, if I'm remembering right, as I was looking huh. for stuff. Uh, Mafalda is popular in Argentina, but also throughout Latin America, Europe, and Asia. But again, not, <laughs> not the United States. And, oh, here it is in the trivia, Todd. A Mafalda statue has been installed in front of Kino's home in Buenos Aires. And there's another one in Spain. And it's actually not super far from uh, where Borges worked. Oh, just another uh, name drop. for Which is, which is what I was looking for. Yeah, I was just going to say. Which is what I was looking for when I ran into the, into the Mafalda bench. I was actually <laughs> were, looking were... for Borges' library, yeah. I was going to say, uh, I'm sure long-time listeners were wondering if we were going to get a Borges mention. And, uh, oh, yeah. And, and, and here we go. <laughs> um, it just feels right, Todd. So good to have you back. <laughs> um, let's see. The series is often compared with Peanuts, uh, like like we you, you noted it and I recognized. There is one major distinction. There are actual adults in the world of Mafalda. <laughs> And she uh-huh. communicates with them, and it is uh, you know, understandable for children to have conversations with adults, unlike in the Peanuts world. <laughs> in that way, maybe more like Calvin and Hobbes. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Uh, or, or I guess Calvin and Hobbes is more like Mafalda, <laughs> timeline-wise. Yeah. Right, yeah, yeah. <laughs> but for our, like, for our audience, it's trying to like find a touchstone for American listeners. Uh, so uh, let's see Kino received many awards including being named cartoonist of the year in 1982 by an international group of cartoonists and he received the French Legion of Honor um, 
and also a cultural award from the Argentinian Senate, a Prince of Asturias award from Spain. Um, and he also had a special prize from King Felipe VI of Spain. I left the other book of Kino, uh, like his political cartoons that I'd gotten from the library at my office. But I saw in the front of that, it listed a number of awards that he received that were not in his Wikipedia page. So just know yeah. there were a bunch of other awards that didn't make it uh, onto this list that I pulled from Wikipedia. And this is maybe my favorite bit of trivia. In 1999, an asteroid was named after Kino. It is wow. asteroid 27178 Kino. Nice. And uh, just the end of Kino's life in 2017, it was announced that he was nearly blind from degenerative glaucoma, and he he passed away from a stroke in 2020. Hmm. Um, what? A, this is a fascinating man. <laughs> yeah. Like uh, his newspaper strip, which newspaper strips of uh, you know famously there are like political cartoons but this one wasn't a political cartoon it was about a little girl and her life on the street and he would comment on politics but that was still so uh worrisome for him and how it was received by a new government that he left the country uh you know that's how pointed the commentary had been uh and he's going to to cease publication of the strip and leave the country because of that and yeah. well and the, when gov you, when the we government make... that came in they, they... It, yeah you would yeah <laughs> you would do well to be afraid of them yep yes uh he he had reason uh but when we w when our immediate impulse on seeing these black and white images uh, uh in four panel comic strip as american audiences is to compare it to peanuts and calvin and Hobbes, it feels like a, a disconnect to say that, like th this is such pointed political commentary that he feared for his life and i mean as you're saying they are there was reason uh, with the the new government that was that was installed, uh, and I read some of his his political cartoons, like just single panel political cartoons that he did in this other collection, not not his Mafalda, which you yeah. know def definitely political. And uh, there, like one of the first ones in the collection is um, a bunch of U.S. Army troops climbing into a um, Trojan horse Statue of Liberty, which when you understand the history of his country and its government <laughs> you 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 see where he's coming from uh but that's the kind of commentary that obviously a new dictatorship that was installed with some help from the united states uh might might frown upon yeah um have you read any anything besides mafala from kino no um i was just impressed with his ability to be so incisive in so little you know, such little visual visual cues, um, which yeah. is, you know, the great skill of a cartoonist, you know, and particularly a, a political cartoonist uh, to be able to do that. And he was definitely a master uh, from, from what I saw and from the reputation that he has, as you start to read up on him, it's again, just like effusive glowing praise, uh, especially from other cartoonists. Yeah. All right. Well, before we move on and uh, we're going to tackle the summary a little bit differently, but before we do that, we want to thank listeners, uh, each one of you for downloading this episode and listening. If you would like to support us, we, uh, we invite you to go to patreon.com slash protagonist and support our show with at least a dollar per month. All supporters on Patreon at any level receive access to our special quick casts, which are shorter episodes in which we talk about the media that we've been consuming that we are not yet covering as full episodes of the podcast. And we also give updates on our fantasy box office game and all patrons who support us with five dollars per month or more get to choose a topic for us to discuss um so the way that we thought would make the most sense um to talk about mafalda and in particular because of the kinds of collections that we had there's not 
even as much as when we did like Calvin and Hobbes, there were some like cohesive story units where like, we're going to talk about Calvin uh, and the time that he finds uh, a wounded baby squirrel, a uh, raccoon, right. You know, and, and we could run through all those trips with Mafalda. Uh, it, it, we thought it would make more sense to maybe talk about each one of the characters a little bit and then um, hop around and uh, describe some of these four panel cartoons and just, just talk about maybe some of the themes that we're seeing or the way that uh, these characters are, are being represented or some of the ideas that Kino is wanting to explore. So the first character is of course, Mafalda, who is a six year old girl um, who is uh, precocious in the way that, um, you know, doesn't match reality, but allows the artist to explore big ideas. Um, how would you describe Mafalda? Okay, so the thing that, one of the things that I love about Mafalda is that she's recognizably a little girl. She looks like a little girl, and um, she loves her parents. She She's uh, impulsive. Um, I'm just looking at the very first page that you scanned of this. Uh, the first one is, um, it's like Father's Day, it looks like. And mm-hmm. she just comes running, you know, pell-mell and jumps on her dad and, you know, happy Father's Day. And um, and and so there, there's there's a part of her that's clearly a little girl. And then there's this part of her where she's just an old soul and she's worried about the world and um the other one that i love from this first part is uh the mom is getting ready to leave the house and she says i'm going to the store and i'll be back in a little bit don't open the door for anybody no matter how much they like they knock okay and my father says okay and then the mom leave is leaving and my father says mom what if it's happiness like what if happiness is knocking? Can I open the door for happiness? And uh, the, so much of this is going to be like it's tricky to to describe the mm-hmm. comics. That's why they're comics, right? Like they're, they're visual. <laughs> they're visual, and they're supposed to be. And and it's all so simple, and yet for the most part, you know exactly what's going on, and it says a lot about Mafalda that she. Um, that she's innocent, but she's also thinking about really deep things and mm-hmm. kind of the combination of those two uh, is what makes her, I think, so endearing. Also, I love her hair. <laughs> and she's got the, uh, you know, a bow. There's just this great visual marker um, to have this bow, like just in the center of her head. Um, and then this is the... a mass of black, you know, it, like, it's she's so... got a it's such an important thing, I think, for for cartooning, uh, to have like the silhouettes of your characters uh-huh. be identifiable and distinguishable, and that bow in Mafalda's hair, uh, and just like the small stature, and she almost always has like a you know a little outfit with a skirt. Uh, but it, I haven't read tons of Mafalda, um, but it's a character that I will instantly recognize for the rest of my life because of how yeah. uh, iconic, uh, you know, immediately iconic that visual is. Well, and even so much so that the next the, the next set of four right below, she's in the fog, and you can't mm-hmm. see any details, but you know exactly who it is because of the silhouette. Yeah, and, and I think um, to make every character so distinctive um, mm-hmm. in, in ways that is um, endearing, 
like like that's a skill <laughs> like that's, that's yeah. a practice skill uh for for, for a cartoonist um you know, like i i doodle all the time like it's one thing i do when i'm thinking i, I sit there and doodle most of my doodles look fairly similar to each other <laughs> i don't have a wide range like i've got i've got a few character types that i can doodle with some proficiency at this point um and kino created a world of characters um here that that all um just feel right uh you know w- when you look at them even even the ones that i said like were a little bit maybe off-putting initially like felipe like i came to like just kind of like oh there's felipe <laughs> you know, that, that, that's him <laughs> i love felipe though he's great <laughs> um okay so that's mafalda and i think everything you said uh is a really good encapsulation of her um i think there is a, a vein of um I don't know if like pessimism is too strong, but maybe like despondency or uh, melancholy, melancholy. That's probably it. That's the word I'm looking for. Yeah. A vein of melancholy uh, in her um, where a lot of the the big ideas that she's going to engage with is in a way of saying, like, is this the way the world is? (laughs) And if so, should it be? (laughs) Yeah. Which There's is a function a, of a lot of cartooning, uh, you know, uh, a lot of political cartoons are about like, uh, or even comedy in general is often pointing out about like uh, foibles or or aspects of human life that have become so normal, we have forgotten to question them. And comedy, yeah. uh, a lot of good comedy is about making us kind of step back and say, wait, is that is that really the way it should be done? <laughs> so there's, I, I love I think one of the things that makes Mafalda really work for me is the contrast between like high and low, happy and sad. Um, mm-hmm. It's not just, I mean, when I think of peanuts and I think of Charlie Brown, I just think of, um, is it Lucy pulling the football yep. every time? And you think <laughs> eventually time. he's going to kick that football and he just never does. But with Mafalda, 50 years, they're really he never kicked the football, <laughs> never kicked the football. But with Daily Mafalda, you get you get these really beautiful moments. Um, there's the one when uh, her dad is shaving in the morning and she gives him a kiss on the cheek. And then you see him later in the day and he hasn't shaved the the part where she kissed. Mm-hmm. And so he's got this patch of kind of scruff on his cheek and he's got just a big smile on his face and everyone's like, what's wrong? What's wrong with that guy? You know? And he's like, just mm-hmm. so happy because his daughter loves him and she gave him a little kiss on the cheek. And that's a thing that uh that i think makes to me it 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 makes it so much better than if it was just constantly melancholy and constantly concerned about the world there are these moments of um of like beauty and joy that uh that i don't know they just add something really special to it yeah i I think i think you're right um that there's it's not one note uh in in like the the messaging which there, there's some comic strips where uh particularly i think ones that are have like a, a political bent to them that can start to feel like mm-hmm. the same kind of axis being ground um, her just like sheer joy at having a little brother mm-hmm. and and how happy that makes her when she falls off the chair <laughs> like of joy when they finally do when the parents finally figure out how to tell her that she's gonna have a little baby brother She's just so, so happy and, and it makes me happy. And so I like that about Mafalda is that it can be deep and it can be kind of brooding 
and melancholy and recognizing and Argentina in these times, I mean, it's such a hard place to live. And you, and you see that you see the, 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 the beggars on the streets and, and, and the, the dirtiness of things. And she talks about how like this world is just so dirty. She goes around, there's a whole, there's a whole bit where she goes around and she's saying like, I can't believe just how, how dirty dirt is <laughs> and like everything is dirty. Um, but then there's all of these moments, these interactions that she has with her parents, which for the most part are really uh, like joyful and beautiful. And even when her parents are kind of going crazy because they don't know what to do with this girl, you can tell that they all really love each other and, and it, it adds a happiness to it that I think contrasts really well with the other. Yeah, definitely. Uh, so we've talked a little bit about Mama uh, and and Papa, uh, her, her parents, that um, are just kind of average parents, right? <laughs> uh, yeah. There, there's like, reading through it, there's clearly like a loving relationship between them for each other and them for their children. But they're not like broad caricatures for the sake of comedy. Uh, you know, it's not, uh, you know, the the put upon husband or the battle ex-wife or any of those kinds of things. Mm -hmm. um, it, it's it's just a dad that goes off to work and um, uh, a mom who is a housewife and Mafalda is a little bit critical of that at times because Mafalda is a bit of a feminist. Uh, <laughs> and, um, and and they have some like distinct aspects to them. Uh, but but again, it's it's with with some comedy sometimes everything becomes extremes and i think you know kind of kept the these these uh parent figures just kind of uh in the middle i think it's interesting that kino in the design of the parents uh mafalda looks exactly like her mother mm -hmm. and almost nothing like her father yeah like the the button nose is just is what her mom has whereas the dad has the big you know, protruding schnoz. Yeah. <laughs> but the, the mom has a round face like Mafalda does. Their hair is identical. Like if you look at, uh, it, it on, in the one that I'm looking at, it's page 26 at the bottom when they all wake up in the morning. It's, a, it's really clear that Mafalda and her mom. Oh, and there's the, even the one when, uh, when Mafalda mm -hmm. sees a picture of her mom, when she, and she says, mom, who is that? And she says, oh, that's me when I was a little girl. And mom says, and Mafalda says, mom, you never told me we were sisters <laughs> because they just, they look so much alike. Um, right. But she doesn't look at all like her dad. And I just think that's an interesting design choice because I, I think he could have easily, you know, done like the dad's long face, but the mom's button nose and the mm. dad's eyes, but the mom's hair or something like that. But she really yeah. is. She looks just like her mom and looks almost nothing like her dad, except she's yeah, short. Yeah, we end up with a little, a little bit of the... Uh the the Muppet family uh the Cratchit family and Muppet <laughs> Muppet Christmas Carol <laughs> <laughs> something like that something like that I love the parents I like the parents on vacation I think mm -hmm. I think that that's um <laughs> the dad is trying not to look at all these beautiful women on, on the beach and my father keeps catching him staring staring at people but then but then the dad catches somebody staring at his wife and then he's kind of embarrassed and um and, and covers his wife up and then he's <laughs> kind of given given everybody the side eye it's just i don't know i just i, I like them I, I, and and how they're all sad about 
going back to whatever they have to go back to. Mafalda's sad to go back to school. The dad's sad to go back to work. The mom's sad to go back to to home. Like they they all um they all dutifully do the things that they need to do, but they but they they also really just like being on vacation, enjoying time with each other and making sandcastles and stuff. Yeah, and, and it's interesting. The very first comic in this collection that I, I sent you some scans from just so we could have a common ground to talk about with Mafalda. Um, the dad is kind of ornery <laughs> and angry at Mafalda mm-hmm. where uh, like she comes in and says, Hey, can I ask you a question? And he like yells, no, your questions always bring problems. And you know, that. <laughs> and she's like, fine, fine. And then she, as she storms off, she's like, but you're always going to wonder what I was going to ask you. And like, yeah, <laughs> that's fine. And then the last panel is like, it's at night and Mafalda's in bed. And, and the dad's like, you can almost feel like him gently shaking her saying Mafalda are you asleep (laughs) (laughs) and he wants to know yeah he wants to know what the question was and I think that's a real honest interaction of parents with children uh, where Mm -hmm. it can be exhausting and it can really strain you when they are constantly doing the the why game why 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 or um, or you're trying to get something done or you've just sat down and then immediately it's like a signal has gone off uh in, in the children's minds that now is the moment i must go interrupt it's it's funny though like if you're doing the dishes they never they never show up uh but, but when you sit down to read suddenly they're there um at, you know asking all kinds of questions and but then also that turn of like the like frustration with yourself uh as a parent for being frustrated yeah. with, with your child for being a kid uh because you know that that kind of questioning that's that's normal uh you know that's that's you know, and it's a sign of trust that they always will come to you uh, with those questions. And so I, I felt, I felt for the dad uh, in, in this four, four, uh, you know, the first, the first comic strip of my father that I ever read. Um, and then, you know, very quickly in the, in the other examples, you see like more of the, the loving engagement uh, and, you know, interactions uh, with my yeah. and her dad. He really loves her. When um, she, when Mafalda sees the picture of her dad, when he was younger, she says, who is this boy? And he says, oh, that's me. And she says, you know, you're better looking now than you were then. And then the last one, the, the last uh, panel is uh, the dad's on the bus. Everybody around him is mad. And, and Mafala's dad's got a big smile on his face because his daughter said this super nice thing to him. And then, and then like, who's this happy guy? And it's like, must be some masochist, you know, <laughs> like, but he's just really like the, the joy that it brings into him. And that's like, that's a that's a social commentary, right? Mm-hmm. Like you go out in the world and pretty much everybody is going to be just mad at the world. Why? Because the world's messed up. And Mafalda knows that and Kino knows that. But Kino also knows that a, a tender interaction between a father and, and his daughter can turn things around for an individual. And that's cool. Uh, the other one that I really like about the the parents – Oh man, I lost it now. Is um, there's one? It's just the mom and dad, and they're waking up uh, in the morning, and the dad says, "I can't go to work. Um, I don't, or I don't feel like going to work today." This is on page twenty-two. Uh, so I'm just gonna stay in bed. That's that's it. You know, like he, he's just exhausted, and um. And then the mom says, okay, well, I better get up and get breakfast ready because then later you're going to be in a big, uh, in a big hurry to get to work. And then, so she gets out of bed and then, and then the dad 
you know, pulls his legs over the side of the bed. He starts to put his pants on and he says, uh, like marriage is full of these little, these understandings, right? Understandings, like, yeah. Yeah. He, she, she knows that he's going to go to work and he knows that he's going to go to work and they don't have to have a big thing about it. Yep. He they, just wanted he's, to tell he's her, event. I'm really tired. <laughs> and she's yeah. like, okay, I'll help you. And, and I think that that's, that's kind of their relationship. They love each other mm -hmm. and they help each other. And, and she takes care of responsibilities and he takes care of responsibilities and they both love Mafalda and she loves them. And they get really frustrated with her sometimes. And sometimes they're terrified because, because they can see that she's starting to understand the world and the world is hard but it doesn't take away from the love that they have for each other or the joy that they have in, in the relationships that they have with each other. It's awesome. Are there any of the other uh, characters that populate the street and the, you know, the, the, um, you know, the, the family, I guess with uh Guille, uh, right. Uh, the little brother gets more, yeah. are there anything that you want to make sure we touch on? <laughs> he looks like an old man. I think it's so funny. <laughs> Baby Guille looks like a little, like a, like a little old man. Um, I think, uh, so she has, I mean, she has, she has a, a few different friends, but there's um, Manolito and Felipito. And F Felipe has lots of money. And Manolo, his dad is a, is a store, like a shop owner. And so more like working class. Mafalda is kind of somewhere in between those these two. Manolito always has to work. He doesn't get to go on vacation. Um, and so there's that ch that changes the interaction that she has with him and Felipe goes on vacation and um and because his family has more money they he's able to do more things and so she's able to kind of Urquino is able to tell us about society through Manolito and Felipe mm -hmm. especially um and 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 make interesting social commentary in these interactions that Mafalda has with both of them. And she's, she's able to come to understanding about the world. I think maybe especially because of her interactions with, with Manolito and seeing like, he doesn't get to go to the beach in the summer because they have to work and keep the shop open. Whereas Mafalda does get to go on vacation and, and that, that causes her to kind of reflect on things at, at some points. And uh, yeah, I, I think each one of these side characters that we get, you know, that they're serving a narrative purpose or um, like you said, allowing a window of commentary uh, to be present, even like Susanita um, mm -hmm. is going to allow some commentary about gender roles uh, because she's a little more of the um, traditional or, or like the idea of the girly girl. <laughs> that, yeah, yeah. Like, Oh, what we have with Mafalda and uh, Mafalda sometimes gets a little frustrated <laughs> with, with Susanita <laughs> uh, because, because of that. Uh, and again, like it, it, it always works, but then there's also like sometimes like a little switch goes like, these are supposed to be six year olds, <laughs> you know? And, yeah. and you just kind of accept that. <laughs> yeah. Like you said, they're old souls. These are, you know, like, like the peanuts gang, these are all just old soul, uh, six year olds. They, they are <laughs> old souls. The there's one where Mafalda's um, she's got a band aid. And she's kind of looking at it. She's trying to figure out how to put it on. And then she says, how does one put this on their soul? You know, like <laughs> she really is sad about a lot of things that are happening. And so, and, and again, it just gets back to that contrast of 
like the happiness and the joy and uh and and the sadness and the melancholy yeah um in in this book there's one little section uh so, so like most of the the book like i said it was just like highlights um from different uh, or representative uh comics from di- from different themes that you could see in it it's like the first one is la familia and you see a lot of like the mom and the dad and and then there's a the whole section on guillet when when the little baby brother gets born but there's one section uh or, or there's another one that's called like la calle and that's where we meet a lot of these friends uh that, that we're talking about um but there was one that stood out to me as i was like looking through the um the table of contents where it just said uh tv uh-huh. and i was like <laughs> and uh reading this this is about uh again th- these comics are from uh 1960 uh like there's no date on these specific ones but but mafalda as a comic uh ran from uh 64 to 73 did you say 64 to 73 yeah so you know this is most likely uh, in the in the late 60s is what we're looking at but mafalda is just obsessed with the idea of getting a, a television and then it's you know the family does get a television and uh mafalda is just like overjoyed and you know just just obsessed with this new gadget uh and and guille is gonna start watching the tv and friends are gonna come over but what's what struck me was this is a comic book from 1964 about this child that is obsessed with the newest thing and <laughs> when i was a kid it could have been like the nintendo right uh-huh. <laughs> like this could have this exact same comic strip with really almost all of the same jokes could have been done uh in terms of the child's reactions with uh you know the, the newest video game system and you know then we just jump ahead a little bit further and it's you know phones or or ipads you know or whatever we, yeah that there the specificity of the gadget you know that that dates this comic strip in some way but hmm. the way the children act it's it, it's continuous right like kids yeah. are still like that um you know and the parents the trying to find ways to keep the kid off of it the dad puts mm-hmm. a big house plant on top of the tv she's like <laughs> that's so dumb <laughs> like i'm not gonna know that that's the tv <laughs> yeah we're worried about the kids getting addicted to the newest technology yeah <laughs> yeah uh and so it's um i i think that's just a, a, again just a really cool aspect of uh like capturing this version of childhood and again, like we're saying, like these aren't actually like a lot of times she's not acting like a six year old. But watching this, I was like, oh, that was me when I was a kid. And it's my kids now. <laughs> like, yeah. I, I recognize so much of it. Yep. And there's a in the GA section, there's um, he's watching the TV all alone by himself and he's sucking on his pacifier. And it just shows oh, um, he, uh, like a man and woman kissing on the TV and then the man leaves and the woman starts crying. And it just says GA holding his pacifier out to the TV. <laughs> yeah to the woman so who's sweet. crying on the screen and it's it, i mean that one has an extra panel that one's five panels but there's no words at all but it captures so much it, it, like you read it and it's completely universal that you just kind of smile but you're also like touched right you said like it, it, yeah. it, it's a, a, like a, a smile the sweetness of this innocent child um, the other one that I love it, with uh, with Guille is when um he sees the wolf eating the eating the lady and Mafalda's worried about, you know, is is this going to terrify him or something? And then she goes in her room and he's eating the doll. <laughs> he's like, <laughs> s- like spits the finger out or something. <laughs> uh, and again, like that's, uh, you know, the the kinds of things you could see uh, being portrayed today about about media yeah. today. Right. You know, but it's, it's yeah. still 
still still a present concern uh, of parents. Uh, <laughs> there's another one where uh, the mom like looks at sleeping Guille and you see like a thought balloon of her imagining <laughs> that, that he's dreaming of how much he loves his mother. And then the dad walks by and looks at sleeping Guille in the crib and a thought balloon of the dad imagining how much, you know, that Guille is just thinking about how much he loves his dad. And then we see that the baby is actually thinking about how much he loves television. Yeah. <laughs> Which, <laughs> it is like, it is just the same debates today about kids and phones and, you know, Oh, we're still there. I know. I, know. I, I think, I think things have changed a bit. I mean, it, we can't say it's it's exactly the same, and yet it is exactly the same. Yes. <laughs> in some ways, it's exactly the same, and yet in other ways, I think it's it's not quite the same. I, yeah. I love the freedom that Mafalda has to just be out in the street with her friends, and her mom, you know, sends her mm-hmm. on errands to go to the store and buy stuff, and she's six. I think most parents today, in you know like living in the middle of wherever mm-hmm. I, I don't think they're sending their six-year-olds out to 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 just grab stuff at the store and walk around with their yeah. friends and i uh, certainly in, and, in 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 american culture no uh though i did see yeah. like there was some article that went semi-viral or maybe it was a, a an article about a documentary about in japan uh that they start sending like three-year-olds out but they they like give them social oh. hats so that everyone knows to help them it's there's a netflix show have you seen this That's what it is that, is that what oh it was? I, was I think it was an article about that netflix show it is so cute what is it called so on netflix uh the the show is called old enough and there's two seasons of it and it's this little kind of reality show where parents the mom or the dad you know they give the they give the little kid instructions and then they send them on their way. They have like sometimes they have a little flag in their backpack or something that's so people can kind of know. And of course, there's like a camera crew following. Them. In this case, the camera crew is completely following them every step of the way. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> but it's so funny because they'll say, you know, okay, now you go to the store and you need to get this and this and this and the little. These are like three year old, four year old kids that are walking. I don't know a mile to the store. And then they have to get all, they have to remember all the things and then they'll forget and then they have to go back. And oh my gosh, it's so, so cute. But when we were watching it, it's kind of mind blowing. Knowing, even knowing that there's camera crews, the little kid has to cross the busy street. And um, anyway, it's like you, it's you're feeling great. some anxiety watching it. <laughs> oh, yeah, totally. Uh, and, and also, and part of thinking, that is because of, of what you were just saying that, like, that's not like, even as a six year old, you don't turn your kids loose to go across busy streets but also thinking why not i mean i I don't know there's a part of me when i watch that that thinks maybe i should let my give my kids probably should i probably should give my kids more freedom they probably should interact more with strangers and they probably should have more confidence to go out and, and do you know hard things like go to the store or whatever um yeah but yeah. I, so I so what I've done is what I've done is I've taken to when I go to Walmart now I just give my kids a credit card and I say okay now go in and get this and this and this and this and then I just get to sit in the car and like read a book while the kids go and do the shopping for me. <laughs> so who's getting the free now, Todd? Yeah. <laughs> well, it makes me think of like of course it's always like the worst fear like what could go wrong. It makes me uh, think about my uh, my son who's uh, uh, ten. 
he uh he'd been wanting to ride his bike to to school which um there's a school that is like a block and a half from our house uh but he goes to a school that's two miles away because that's where the spanish immersion is uh Mm. (laughs) and you got to cross two fairly busy streets uh to 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 get to that school so he he was wanting to ride his bike and so finally like on a saturday i rode the whole path with him and we talked about how to you know you have at these streets in particular you have to stop and use the crosswalk and you only walk your bike across you know when the crosswalk goes and he was all excited and we rode the bike back and then uh the next um the next day uh he was like a little nervous again so i'm like okay i'm gonna ride to school with you in the morning but then you'll ride back by yourself in the afternoon i like after school i will pick up your younger brothers from school they'll ride home in the car you just ride your bike home and it's like okay that's what we're gonna do so we did that we we rode the bikes to school he was all fine locked it up i came home and then uh i pick up his brothers and then we get you know i'm at home and i'm like huh it's getting about time that he should be here and i'm trying not to worry you know but starting to worry and so finally i'm just gonna go see what's up and so i I just get in the car and just you know start to drive the path and i see him like walking his bike and uh like he's ridden this bike so much but uh the something in the The wheel chain came off not, not the chain coming off. It, it, it was a bigger repair. It ended up being a bigger repair. But it was like on like his day of freedom, like that he'd been talking about for a couple of weeks. Like, I'm going to do this. Uh, his bike stopped walking, uh, working. And so I had to go take it to the repair shop and we got it fixed. And so then on, on Sunday, he's like, well, can I ride to church and back? I'm like, yeah, that's fine. Go right. And so he rode his, his bike to church and he's all fine. And, and we're there at church. And then he leaves before us. Uh, and and then on the way home, I see him walking his bike and gotten a flat tire. Oh, <laughs> <laughs> sounds like a Mafalda like, little strip yes it really has been like uh going back to charlie brown like the, the football keeps getting pulled away from him as he's trying yeah. to to go get his independence he can always get, get to where there. he's He'll going it's just it's just getting home has been has been troublesome for him <laughs> awesome. uh, um are there any of the uh other strips that you want to point out there's one that stood out to me uh where we just see for four panels mafalda swinging and like the idea of like putting motion uh, like the motion of swinging mm-hmm. into still images is hard Kino nails it yeah <laughs> you know showing the back and forth uh just through still images and then in the in the next last panel she puts her feet down and then she just thinks to herself isn't it always the way that once you put your feet down on the earth uh the fun ends yeah <laughs> and uh just the something about those visuals and like even the way he draws like when she's putting her feet down her little tongue is sticking out uh you know just just a little bit as her feet are dragging across the ground uh-huh. uh, and then she's got this little sad face uh and it's i don't know how he's able to present uh something that is like so melancholy but it makes you smirk and smile <laughs> yeah. as you read it um as can, this, you're talking I, about I, I think that's why the comparison to schultz and and peanuts comes so much because yeah. charles schultz could do the same thing you're talking about the the movement if you if you look at the first three when she's swinging the chain is tight straight and then on the th- on the fourth one when she stops herself there's this like little curve in the <laughs> in the chain which i don't i mean i i don't i don't think it's necessary but it, I don't know, the, that and the tongue and the little toes. It's and just, even the way the bow is flapping like, in each of them, the panels. Yeah, it's all perfect. Um, yeah, I mean, it's just, it, it's, 
it he really just he he just nails this he takes you high and then he takes you low and then he takes you high and he takes you low and he never he never lets you get too too high before kind of bringing you back down but he won't let you get too low before he pulls you back up and uh and it's it's the greatest thing about Mafalda I think mhm and you look at the page uh, right before it's about the spring and she's mm-hmm. like the tr- the the birds are kissing in the trees and she's with her mom and dad and they're so happy in the flowers and she says uh undoubtedly spring is is the it's like the greatest promotion promotional thing i don't even know how how you would translate this <laughs> la primavera es lo más publicitario que tiene la vida it's like the, the most uh uh pr <laughs> yeah it's like it's the best pr that life has is spring and then the very next one it's raining and she's she's walking through the rain and she's singing and she's singing a little song that i imagine little kids in argentina would sing and it's about rain rain um it's a little poem and the last part of the poem says uh, the old woman in is is in the cave and then next panel and there's this old uh woman like living on the street and she's filthy and her hair's a mess and Mafalda looks at her and <laughs> she just says uh you know like who would have imagined that and then you see the frown on her face and then on the next page she's swinging again and then she's happy <laughs> and then she puts her feet on the ground and she goes oh <laughs> <laughs> just keeps going back and forth. It's so great. Um, that page that you're you're talking about the the background images, the way Kino uh, draws, um, like in the spring one that you were just describing. The first one is actually kind of an overhead shot of Mafalda, yeah. like like it's a bird's eye view, and so we're looking down at Mafalda, and there's a tree, and there's two birds that are with a little heart above them in the tree. But the way that he sketches in some of the bricks, but not all the bricks of the road, uh-huh. uh and behind the tree, it's like just just the right amount uh to yeah. to give the impression of a street that's continuing on uh into the background but it doesn't distract from the tree because he's drawing this actually kind of intricate uh barking on the tree uh, you know the way yeah, that he, yeah. he's gonna put this in and then the next panel the guy is wearing like a pretty intensely inked tweed coat <laughs> as, uh-huh. as uh she's walking she's walking behind a couple that's in love uh and that one uh-huh. but it's also like a really interesting perspective that he does of like this, the line of the, the buildings behind Mafalda or a fence, uh, I guess yeah. it's a fence behind Mafalda, uh, disappearing into the distance. And then, uh, the next one, we get another interesting point of view with all these like emotion lines of butterflies flying through the air and she's sitting amongst, amongst the flowers. And then the last panel is more of like just the straight classic, what you imagine when you think of a kid walking down the street in a, in a comic strip panel, mm-hmm. you know, just, uh, the straight on view of, you know, the side, uh, but there's a there's a lot of artistry uh, in those, and then the one that you were talking yeah. about with the rain, uh, the way the way that he draws the rain, um, it's it's just the right angle, <laughs> on and, and it's so simple, like it was just lines. He's not giving really a whole lot uh, to the rain, but he just draws these lines, and he sketches them in just right, and then down at the bottom of the, each panel, there's just the the little splatter lines, just uh, enough. Yeah, uh, he he really is a fantastic artist. Yeah, I agree. Awesome. Uh, any final thoughts about Mafalda? No, I'm glad we got to talk about her, and um, she's great. I I don't know uh, w- what kind of access there is to Mafalda in English. I'm guessing 
it's all been translated and you should be able to get your hands on it through your library. Um, what I was looking for, I only saw in Spanish, or at least in, in the libraries I was getting stuff from, I only saw uh-huh. in Spanish. Let me go just double check on Amazon. Let's see. Mm-hmm. I mean, the ones I'm seeing our own like i'm the collections all look like they're still in spanish uh the ones i'm seeing that's so weird yeah the only thing i'm seeing in english is actually uh an academic book um (laughs) mafalda a social political history of latin america's global comic maybe that's my next uh yeah that's the one that i just pulled up on worldcat maybe that's my next translation project is uh here's mafalda and friends so there's at least one there. Yeah. Like it the first several like... that come up are like Diaz Años con Mafalda, El Amor Según Mafalda, um, Todo Mafalda, the one that you mentioned. I don't know if we just look for. This one says Spanish oh. edition, so I'm wondering if there's an English edition. Eh, you know. Anyway, <laughs> uh, listeners. Uh, it is. It's in English. It's called Mafalda okay. and Friends. That's the, the translation then? And there's a bunch of them. 1, 5, 3, 11, 7, 10, 8, 2, 6, 4. <laughs> there's a bunch of them. Okay. Oh, I see. They're labeled as uh, as English edition. Yep. Okay. Uh, but listeners, we do recommend that you uh, give Mafalda a try. All right. That is going to wrap up this episode. Todd, thank you for coming back onto the podcast. I'm so happy to be here. And listeners, thank you for joining us. For show notes and links to all the other great Dueling Genre shows, you can go to DuelingGenre.com. Also, please subscribe to the Protagonist Podcast in your podcast app of choice, and please leave us a review. That really helps us out. We would like to thank Scott Tofty, who composed our theme music. Thank you again for listening. We'll be back next week to discuss another great character and a great story. So long. So long. This is staying in. This is great. This is riveting podcasting. This is what the audience has come for. This is what, this is, what Joe says. This is what the audience has come for. <laughs> particularly the patrons. This is what they're paying for. Yeah. Good night. I love you. Te amo. Buenas noches.